What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Drinks with Drea. I'm your host, Miss Drea, and I hope you guys, as always, are having a wonderful day. Today is August 31st, 2020. Can you believe that we are crossing over into the month of September? We have been in quarantine since the end of February, beginning of March. And it is now September. For some people, they are back at work, they're back at school, they're back operating as close to normal as possible. But for many of us, we are still at home. We are still social distancing. We are still um, hoping and praying that this COVID-19 disaster comes to a close very soon. But at the same time, I don't know about everybody else, but for me personally, just being at home, being with my family, this is really giving me like affirmations that this is exactly where I belong. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how y'all feel. And some people feel like I don't like to be in the house all the time and blah, 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 blah. And that's fine, too. And I'm not saying that I just want to be at home every day, all day. But I definitely know that being with my family, being at home, cooking for my family, making sure that, you know, I'm there and present in every moment. I definitely don't want to take this time for granted. And I pray that I'm able to secure myself at home, you know, here on out. Like, I want to be with my kids. I want to be with my husband. I want to be present. I want to be that housewife, but I also want to hustle and do my own thing as well. So I'm definitely not trying to just get caught up in the housework. Like, I want to still do my thing and work and, and bust my butt and all those things, but I have to make it a way where, I have control over my day. When you, you know, fast forward six months ago, everybody's in a hustle and bustle of the everyday world. You have to do what is expected of you, in many cases by your employer. So this moment is definitely giving me affirmation of like, it's time to find that secret sauce, that thing that is just you, that thing that God is giving you and use that to catapult yourself into the next realm of your life. But ultimately putting you in a position where you don't have to do the day-to-day hustle, the nine-to-five, the um, structured schedule, the doing um, everything on someone else's time and not your own. Now, I'm not there yet, but the motivation has definitely kicked in. So, happy Monday. It's not so happy for a lot of people. I know for myself personally, I dread Mondays. I think Mondays for some reason are just too long. I feel like they're just unproductive, but that could just be me. So before I get into my daily show, I'm going to let you guys know what I am drinking on. And today I am sipping on Cooper's Hawk Moscato. Now, the funny thing is Moscato used to be one of my favorite drinks. But over time, I've evolved and tried different things. But I've never tried Cooper's Hawk Moscato. Now, I've been to Cooper's Hawk many times. I've done multiple tastings. And I never tasted their Moscato. And I think the reason was was because I had, you know, I've had Moscato so many times over the years that it was just like, I'm good on it. But they actually have a really good Moscato. And it has a really good um, and strong alcohol percentage you know that's important to me is 12.5 percent so i definitely would recommend it now granted the sutter home which is about 10 percent only costs about six dollars for a 750 milliliter so i don't know pick your battles 
but it was good to me. Now, on to my show. So, I cannot kick off this show without paying honor and respect to our very own king, our very own, um, you know, he's our Black Panther. And I'm already seeing people talk about who could be the next Black Panther, which to me is just so disrespectful. He has not even been put in the ground yet. We should not be talking about who's going to replace him on our favorite Marvel movie. We should be really, and I'm not going to say that. Everybody mourns in their own way, so I take that back. Do what makes you feel good. If thinking about it from the legacy of Black Panther is what gives you peace, then do what you got to do. But for me, myself, personally, I'm not mourning Black Panther. I'm mourning Chadwick Boseman. And, you know, when I think about him just as a man and just as a person, you know, a lot of people like to call him the next Denzel. And I honestly feel like that is pretty accurate when you think about his body of work and how diverse his body of work is and how diverse Denzel Washington's body of work is. Also, he has this certain mystique and bravado about himself that really makes you want to learn more about him. Now, he may not, um, like I haven't seen Chadwick, and actually now that I think of it, I haven't seen Denzel in like a super sexy role. I think people just call them sexy, but I don't think that either of them have ever played like the roles like Morris Chestnut plays or Shamar Moore play. I think they've always just played the role of just a black man in different scenarios. And I love that because when you look at both of their bodies of work, they're just black men in different areas of life. And to me, they show the diversity of black men because black men can be political. Black men can be bad cops. Black men can be superheroes. Black men can be whatever, like anybody else. But for some reason, Society likes to dehumanize black people in general, but specifically black men. So when I see the body of work that Chadwick Boseman has, and I see the body of work that Denzel Washington has, I can definitely correlate the two and say, I can agree that those two people have a similar body of work. And, you know, to know their story and how the two of them have intersected in their worlds, where Denzel Washington actually paid for a semester of uh, Chadwick's tuition when he was in the School of the Arts, just as part of his humanitarian, humanitarian, I can't say it, humanitarianism. I think I said that right. I hope I said it right. Um, And just for their paths to cross, because Chadwick was able to give Denzel his roses and Denzel was able to give Chadwick his roses. And I think that is so beautiful. But Chadwick Boseman is not just Black Panther. He's played Jackie Robinson. He's played Bobby, uh, not Bobby Brown, Lord forgive me. He's played James Brown. And he's also played Thurgood Marshall. And he played those roles so well. You know what I mean? He played them where you really was intrigued 
and really wanted to learn more about these people because of how well he portrayed them. Even even James Brown, some people critiqued his performance in that movie just because of how complex James Brown was as a person, but I think he really captured it. And it's not just him, it's also the people who wrote the movie, but I think that he captured the essence from what I know as someone who grew up more towards the, um, you know, the end of James Brown legacy and in, end of James Brown's life. But from what I remember about him, it just sucked me right in and made me really want to Google and learn more about James Brown as a human, as a human being, not just the piece of him that we saw towards the end of his life. Those of us who are a little bit younger slash older, growing up in, you know, 80s babies, you, you're just kind of in that middle still. Um, but he did a wonderful job. Same thing with 42. Same thing with, um, you know, all of his movies. He, he's, he was very intentional about the type of roles that he would play. And, you know, leading up to Black Panther, to me, when you think about the essence of what it means to be a Black king, what it means to be a person to rule and to run an entire, you know, country, it takes someone regal. It takes someone classical. It takes someone intelligent. It takes someone humble. All of the characteristics that Chadwick Boseman displays was exactly what was needed to portray the role and what we would expect from someone that we would call King. And in that case, King T'Challa. So, man, that was, I, I, I'll be honest, when he, when he was first cast, because I am a Marvel fan, I was kind of thrown back. I honestly felt like they would pick someone a little bit younger. And it wasn't that I felt that he was old. I just thought about it in the context of, a lot of times the Marvel people in the Marvel universe are in those roles for many years to come. But then I had to take a step back and think about, okay, the guy who's playing Iron Man is not that young. The guy who's playing, um, you know, Samuel Jackson's character is not that young. So it's not necessarily something where these are Spider-Man aged people. These are older people. So I had to grasp with that, but I wasn't too sure about his, you know, ability to play a superhero just because I've always seen him in more serious roles. I did see him like a Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington, to my knowledge, has never played a superhero. So I personally was thrown back by it. Like, I don't know how I feel about this, but when I seen him on screen, and I think the first time he appeared as T'Challa, it was in the Civil War when everything first began as part of that series that ended up being a trilogy. It was so amazing to see him in that role because, again, him just being classic, him being regal, him being intelligent, artistic, like all of those things just convinced me like, oh, my God, this was the perfect pick for this role. And he executed it with excellence. And then fast forward to when he did the Black Panther movie, I remember people dressing up in their best dashikis and their best coming to America <laughs> um, outfits, the queen to be outfits and all these things. And, you know, for me and my family, we wore Black Panther t-shirts and we were so proud to go to the movie theater to see a black superhero because in my lifetime, you know, this was what, 2018, 2017. Um, in my lifetime, as a still a young adult, I'm able to experience my first true 
black superhero. People give credit to Blade and different things, <laughs> even Meteor Man, but let's be real. Black Panther was our first superhero. And to see him do it so well and with such uh, such regalness, you knew he was he was something that you had to pay attention to. Because when I tell you I have watched, and this is before his passing, I've watched so many interviews with him. When I watched Black Panther, I researched his whole entire catalog and who he was and where he came from and all of those things. And I was just intrigued to go in the loop of video after video after video because that's how much I was drawn into this individual. And he was, he was a classic person. He was just something special about him. As ordinary as he seemed, it was just always something special about him. So when I say that I've been heartbroken over the last couple of days, I have sh never shed as many tears for any other celebrity. Kobe Bryant got me and I definitely shed a tear for him because I thought about his family and I thought about his wife and his remaining children and the fact that he was with his daughter and just thinking about myself, how I would feel in those final moments because at some point he had to know that this was not a good scenario and it probably wouldn't end well. And just to think as a parent, what those final moments must have been like, feeling defeated, feeling helpless, feeling like there's nothing you can do to protect your child when that's all you wanna do, that broke my heart. And just knowing who he was and what he represented for the community, that broke my heart. But I, I, I cried for him and I empathized. But this here, for me personally, was just a little bit different. Because unlike with Kobe, I didn't go down a loop with Kobe Bryant. And that's no insult to Kobe Bryant. He's an amazing person. He stood for so much resilience and so much... Um, just the epitome of what it means to be a black man. Even though people in the media tried to tear him down, he still rose up and he still became who he was destined to be. But fast forward to Chadwick. This is a person I actually followed. This is a person that I actually watched their, their interviews and, and researched their work and, and watched the movies just because he was in it. So this hit me just a little bit different in conjunction with the craziness of this year has been truly heartbreaking and my only hope is and while we as mortals humans we don't know until it's until we're there what the afterlife brings or what to expect we have our faith and our belief in what we think will happen but we don't really know but my only hope right now is that he can see the love that he's getting. Because when I log into any social media platform, he's scattered all over it with so many people loving him and cherishing, cherishing him and missing him and giving him his flowers. And I was so happy to see that there was so much footage dating back to when he was alive of people giving him his flowers. And I know he had to feel it. And looking at his humility as people spoke life to him, as, speak, as people spoke their appreciation for him, just seeing how humble he was and how well-received it was, it just makes me know that he knew exactly what he was on this earth to do. 
And while we are sad and while we mourn and while we just try to process what happened, we have to find peace in knowing that he's at peace. I truly believe that man's at peace because the all that any of us can hope for is to leave a legacy. All that any of us can hope for is when we take our last breath, someone will remember us. Someone will miss us. Someone will be impacted by us. All of us won't have that experience, but Chadwick Boseman has and had. So to his wife, to his family, to everyone who loved him, may he rest in peace. May he rest in power. May he know in his soul as it travels about to the next level in this world and in this life that he was loved, he was cherished, he was a king. And he is what we all should aspire to be. So I'm just going to try to just give a brief moment. So please bear with me. I know that I can be long-winded and I know that I'm probably already (laughs) well into minutes into this podcast, but if you don't mind, I would just like to give a moment of silence, 30 seconds, just to honor Chadwick Boseman, our very own Black Panther. Thank you. All right. So I can literally cry right now, but I'm going to be a soldier. I'm going to be strong. Not saying that crying is weakness, but for me right now, I'm just going to be strong and I'm going to push through my emotion um, when it comes to him because that one hit me a little harder than I thought it would because I think we just didn't expect it and we didn't know. Okay, all right, shake that off. I gotta shake it off. Just a reminder, what I'm drinking on today is Moscato by Cooper's Hawk. Um, Very good, very tasty, very crisp, very very fresh. That's the thing I can say about their, their wines is that they have a very fresh taste. I've never had any stale or sour or old tasting wine from them. And maybe that's the difference in some of these wines that you can get $6 opposed to their wines, which are $20, $30. But to me, it's definitely well worth it because you're getting a fresh glass, a fresh bottle, and it's very tasty. Okay, I only have one thing outside of honoring King T'Challa, King Chadwick, that I wanted to talk about. And it was the epic, iconic, legendary battle between Monica and Brandy. So I don't know about you, but I have been a Brandy and Monica fan for many years. Not like a fanatic. Like I can't say I've had their pictures on my wall and went to their concerts and all of that. But just there are songs from both of them that are just simply iconic and that I absolutely love sitting up in my room and... Um, full moon and just 
personal, don't take it personal and angel of mine and all of these different songs that just define my teenage years and my young adult years and just remembering the two of them. And one of the things that stood out about them is that people really wanted them to hate each other. And then when you have this recent re uh, revelation where Carrie Hilson reveals that one of the producers, um, Polo the Don actually pit her to battle with Beyonce and Sierra. It just shows you how misguided not only the music industry, but our community is. Because when you think about that idea of pitting people against each other, that's definitely an old slavery type of tactic. Like light skin versus dark skin, house Negro versus field Negro, tall versus short. You know, think about the images of them putting us in cages to fight and attack each other. They fought our black men like dogs long before they actually fought dogs against each other. So when you think about how society works and how quick we are to try to pit people against one another. That's where that comes from. And I think we really, as a community, need to have more awareness of that so that we can be more conscious to not do that. Because you see it every day. Power versus empire. Tyrese versus Genuine. It's always some kind of competition amongst our people. You rarely see people say Iron Man versus Captain America or, you know, uh, Godfather versus Scarface. You don't see that competition in other ethnicities, but in the black community amongst black people, we always find a way. Like I literally just saw something that pit Lisa Ray against Kyla Pratt. Lisa Ray is a 50 something year old, beautiful, well-aged woman. And Kyla Pratt is a young woman just entering adulthood. Why are we pitting these two women against one another? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but that is the conditioning of our community. And so when it comes to Brandy and Monica, these two have endured this for the entirety of their community of, of their career where people are always trying to compare the two of them and try to create fake beef amongst the two of them and when you look at images of them throughout their years they've always been fond of each other they've always had a relationship because they were active during the same period of time it's just like when you have your work friends versus your friends that you grew up with and that's what I saw I saw two women from the same industry who have similar experiences that can relate to each other on that level and they built their own dynamic and their own relationship. Some people saw it as one person throwing shade at the other and and, and they don't have, and I, I'll admit, I felt like their energy was a little bit off. But the more I processed it and thought about it, the more I realized at the end of the day, these are two grown women. And one thing that I know about grown ass women, you can't make them do nothing they don't want to do. So they both agreed to be a part of this. And I think the hesitation may have come in the form of they knew how much people pitted them against each other. And they have been so far removed from that that it's like, I don't want to bring this back up. And so now here they are. And sure enough, you got Brandy fans coming at Monica. You got Monica fans coming at Brandy. When these two women are who they are. They interact how they interact. I don't think either one of them were offended by the other. I think that they have their own relationship. Brandy is who she is. Monica is who she is. Neither one of them need anybody to come up and put a cape on to save them. They are two strong, beautiful black women, and we the people need to leave them the hell alone. I said it.
leave these women the hell alone. If they agree to be in that room, if they can hug each other, if they can celebrate each other and embrace each other, it's not for you to sit back and, and read their language, their body language, and ooh, Brandy seems uncomfortable. Ooh, Monica seems like she's a fit. Stop. Because that essentially is what's wrong with us as people in the black community. We're always looking for a reason to be negative. And it's so easy. Oh, it's the easiest thing in the world to just be negative. It's hard to see the good in things. It's hard to see the good in people. It's hard to be positive and optimistic. What's easiest to be negative? What's easiest to be combative? What's easiest to be divisive in so many things? Because that's what's just easy. But to see the positive in yourself and other people and to love people despite their flaws. Oh my God, how challenging that is. But again, between Brandy and Monica, I just saw two queens, two legends, two icons who celebrated each other just like any other verses. Celebrated each other's catalog, acknowledged their relationship to one another acknowledge their knowledge of one another in their relationship and just have a good damn time. Brandy sang along to Monica's songs. Monica sang along to Brandy's songs. It was a true celebration. Millions of people watched as this unfolded. I'm sure over the coming days, we're going to see so much negative press about how one felt over the other because that's just how things work in our community. But I just urge us to get past that, to hear with all that. Them two queens are legends. Whether you think so or not, they're legendary. They're still around. They, they aged very well. Very beautiful women. Very who they are, who they've been. You got two different ideologies. You got Brandy, who reminds me of that old Hollywood. That, that Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, private. Don't want you to know their true life. They want to keep things for the public eye. Looking as beautiful and perfect as possible. And then you have Monica, who's kind of ahead of her time. She was the Cardi B before there was a Cardi B. She lived her life how the hell she wanted to. And take it or leave it, you know, take it or leave it, you get what you get. Because that's who she is. Neither one is better than the other. They're just two different types of women. But again, it reminds me of the relationships that you have with your work friends versus your people in the hood. Your people that you grew up with, those are the people that's most like you. The people that work with you, you have a, 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 a common ground in your profession. So your relationship is a little bit different. And the people that grew up with you, in this case, the fans, see you as one way. So when you're interacting with someone that's, that's opposite of you, you think it's not genuine. But it's not for us to decide. Those two women are grown. Those two women are capable of making their own decisions. Those two women are well off whether they had that moment or not. Even though I'm sure the boost to their streaming could help them significantly, but they neither one of them had to do it. They chose to do it. And we should respect that and not pit them against each other. But I'm done talking about that. Let's just talk about the battle because the battle was freaking amazing. Hearing different songs that just took me back to sixth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, young adulthood. It was just so much beautiful music, so much beautiful energy. Um, I loved it. I genuinely love to see those two queens celebrate each other. I genuinely love 
to hear their catalog. I'm definitely going to be streaming. I'm definitely celebrating with them. I hope they do decide to go on tour. I hope we get out of this quarantine debacle and we're able to just move about the world freely. I hope that I tap into my own gifts, talents, and what God has put in me to make my current my current situation, my reality, where I don't have to be stuck on a clock and I can move around how I need to. I hope that we all find our own level of peace and understanding and happiness in this world. I'm just so ecstatic right now. I'm sad by Chadwick Boseman, but I'm excited by what I saw tonight between Brandy and Monica. I'm excited to see people show up. I hope that people check their intentions and their motivations and I hope that it's genuine to see two queens celebrating each other and not hoping for drama or for people to be hating each other because we got enough of that. We are in the most divisive, I'm not going to say the most because we already know, history showed us that the world has not been beautiful all around. We already know that. But in our time, in my time, I'm living what feels like the history books because I feel like a certain demographic would love to go back to the days where they can burn churches and burn crosses and beat and kill and hang people without consequences because the way people are speaking and thinking, it absolutely don't frighten me, but it enrages me. It enrages me because we of a particular community, black community, have not found the proper unity where a certain dynamic or group of people, races, decide to attack us. We are not united enough where we will look out for each other. We are so stuck in a one, you know, each man for himself mode that we would literally be demolished within minutes, within days, whether we're armed or not, because we have no unity. And that is something that frightens me. I'm not promoting white versus black. I don't even think that that's the reality of the world. I think you have good people who acknowledge what's wrong with this world and who wants equality for all. And you have people that act like there's nothing wrong and blame people for feeling a certain type of way and blame people for the conditions that they're in despite the truth. Look at what's going on with Breonna Taylor right now. They're offering a plea deal to the guy who they were quote-unquote searching for who she was affiliated with. They're offering this man a plea deal to try to name her as his co-defendant. He can walk right now on a drug offense that was so serious that they thought it was appropriate to do a no-knock warrant and and jump into, you know, barge into their home, guns loaded, attacking and killing people. This is how serious they felt this conviction was. But they willing to throw it all out just to make her a criminal? They have things about her case that were updated weeks after she was dead. These are things that wasn't even presented to the court. But they're painting this picture to make her out to be some drug dealer because there's a certain part of the the country that is okay with with people being mistreated if they happen to have some type of history. You notice these same people don't have much to say about Philando Castile. You notice these people don't have much to say about Tamir Rice. You notice like the people who you know damn well 
didn't do anything that even seems remotely wrong. They just were murdered. They're very quiet on those cases. But when they can point to something, oh, he did a strong arm robbery, Mike Brown. Oh, he refused to stop selling CDs out in Sterling. If they could find anything wrong, oh, he had a knife in his baseboard of his car. And his floorboard of his car, Jake, Jacob Blake. Anything you can find to make a person guilty, you're going to lean heavily into that. But when you can't paint an ugly picture of a person, you're quiet. Because you don't want to acknowledge the ugliness and hatefulness of certain parts of the community that you support. Kyle Rittenhouse is a criminal. Weeks before he murdered two white men, he slapped and beat a woman. A white woman, nonetheless. He's the worst part of misogyny and patriarchy that is what's wrong with this community and this society. But you hail him as a victim. You hail him as someone who's committing self-defense as he travels out of his state to go protect businesses that he does not own as a young child. Are you freaking kidding me? Y'all had a problem with us hailing George Floyd and Richard as heroes or martyrs in our community. But this is your king. This is who you support. Even our president. When my last show, I talked about how racism is being politicized. I don't care what you think about jobs, economy, and all that stuff. I want you to pay attention to something that's very critical. Pay attention to the president's position on all things that happen to black people. The same things people are marching and protesting about, your president is clearly against. He don't want justice for Breonna Taylor. He don't want justice for Amon Aubrey. He doesn't want justice for George Floyd. Pay attention to that. Because all of this stuff y'all talking about jobs and economy, we're still in a world where black people are discriminated against and still have to cut through corners and go different routes to get the same thing that comes easy to our counterparts. That still happens today. So as much as you're excited about we have jobs, there's still a discrepancy, a still a huge wealth discrepancy between black people and other communities. So don't be excited just because you get a job. Think about how much you're getting paid versus your counterpart. That's the problem. Even for as many tax breaks you get, look at your tax breaks versus your your counterparts. That's the problem. Trump could have fixed a lot of stuff, but he did not fix the race disparity. Still under President Trump, more black people have died from COVID-19. Still under President Trump, police, I'm sorry, um, doctors have been proven to give poor, less quality service to people of color. These are things that are still happening to this day. Don't ignore that. Don't think because things look good for for from this president. I don't see it, but you may think it. It does not affect your black ass. And that's the point that all of us need to understand. I'm not saying vote Democrat. I'm not saying vote Republican. As an independent, I am all for having not necessarily our own party, but really as a community, a majority black community, an agenda 
that addresses the disparities in our community, that, that addresses the wealth gap, the education gap, that addresses, you know, compensation, that addresses reparations. I don't think reparations should be a check for every person because we're not financially liter- literate as a community enough to get a $300,000 check because many people will spend money and I'm not here to tell people what to spend money on, but many people will spend money on things that enriches and brings additional wealth to others and not our own community. That don't mean don't give us no check because if we owe the check, cut that check. But we need financial literacy. We need ownership. We need to get kids as young as 10 and bring them into a different understanding so that they don't get sucked up into the street life. Get them to understand that there's a bigger world than what they see on their block. Eliminate gang culture. And that doesn't mean sweep up all the black men in the community. That means give opportunity to everyone in the community, jobs, mental health, things that address PTSD. Shout out to Gerbo who recently launched a new program to get PTSD counseling for young black kids in the city of Chicago. Because when you see a person's brains leak out of their head in the middle of the daytime, which is something that I've seen at six years old, we need to have someone to talk to about that. Because what happens is we're be- we become desensitized and we are able to see crazy, horrific things without flinching because we're conditioned. And I only seen that. Imagine the ones that seen multiple dead bodies, multiple gunshot wounds, multiple people dying that they just spoke to the other day. Our community needs a lot. And we need to vote for the ones that acknowledge our pain, not the ones that sit back and and put people in the front to say the biggest problem in our community is a lack of fatherhood. While that may be true, why are so many black families missing fathers? Is it because you dump drugs and guns in our community? Is it because black leaders like Fred Hampton and Malcolm X and Martin Luther King were executed? Is it because you implemented mass incarceration and swept up black neighborhoods with black men without knowing if they were guilty or not? Because you have plenty of black men being freed because DNA evidence is just now freeing them. And you're now seeing people like John Stroger who implemented and also the ones who who um who were involved with the Central Park Five, as well as the young man that um, 50 Cent's show for life is about. That's already New York, Chicago, all over the world. You have examples where cops have tortured, beaten, and harassed black men to the point that they would confess the crimes they did not commit just to end the torture. This is a very well-known thing at this point, but yet people still want to say, we need people to step up and be fathers. Look what the community, look what this country have done to fathers, to black fathers over the years. So yes, we may need to be 
you know, we may need more black fathers to step up. But let's not ignore the fact why so many of them are absent to begin with. Once you strip away the fathers of the 80s, the fathers of the 90s and 2000s have no clue what to do because the fathers have already been stripped from the home. (sighs) But that's a whole other subject. Things like redlining and... (laughs) It's so much proof that we've seen over over the last couple decades of just racism and systematic oppression. So for a specific group of people, conservatives, and again, I'm not promoting Democrat or Republican, I'm just paying attention to try to separate themselves from our problems, but have so much to say about our solutions. When they're the root cause of the issues in this community, child. Anyway. I've said all I can say about this subject. Once again, rest in power to Chadwick Bozeman. Thank you so much to the beautiful Queens, Monica and Brandy for an amazing show. To all of my people out there, let's not be a part of this political racism that's going on. We as people of color and people who are allies to people of color, people who are tired of racism and division, who want everyone to have an equal choice and equal chance in this world, to all of us, I say I love you, I appreciate you, I root for you, I'm optimistic that we will make a change, and I'm looking forward to the future now that the world is waking up. Please don't forget to vote. Vote for your heart, vote for your intention, vote for your values. Whether that's red or blue, make sure that you vote for you. Bars. Anyway, I've said all I can say about these subjects. I thank you so much once again for listening. I am always amazed in awe of the people that listen to my podcast. Every time I click on the Anchor app to check in and look at my progress and I see new views, I'm just blown away that there are people who are actively pressing play to hear me speak, knowing that I'm speaking to myself and by myself, but to know that there are people who care means the absolute world to me. You are an amazing person. I appreciate you. I love you. I give you all honor, but you're not God, so no praise. (laughs) But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I'm sipping on Cooper's Hawk Moscato. I'm a little bit lit. So I'm going to holler at y'all later. Have a good day and I will talk at you soon.